Welcome to another episode of the Three on Three podcast. The world's getting back to normal, step by step. Hockey's been played. People are still shouting, shoot. It's like a little bit of healing's happening. And we're back round the table to discuss all things good, bad, and the EIHL. So to have that, we have the Blaze podcast guy and the diva. Scott, John, how are you both? Pretty good. What a tremendous weekend of association hockey. Good evening, boys. Uh, I think most of us are smiling, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about why later on. Uh, you know, when you say I'm middle of the road, I'm middle of the road. But how are you, David? I'm all right, thank you. Um, good to be with you too. So we needed um, a bit of class. We needed something a bit regal uh, to add to this week's episode. We couldn't find anything. So we've got to the bottom of the barrel and we've got our favourite Tory on board, who I'm always delighted to see. Greg, how are you, my friend? Thank you very much for your time. And all, is all well with you? Oh, after that intro, yes. I can it all be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, more good, mate, uh, as ever. Happy to be on. Uh, looking forward to it. And as John says, uh, happy faces all round. Uh, it's, it's our pleasure to have you on this week. Uh, before I go into the highlights, I'm... I know Scott alluded to it online in, in terms of Twitter. Some of the comments that we received from last week's episode, um, huge thanks to them. Uh, it weren't the easiest one to do and to get the feedback we got from everybody. Uh, our most ever listened episode by a country mile. So we're glad that it came across in the manner we hoped it did. Um, and please keep on listening. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about uh, this weekend's hockey and we'll go highlights uh, round table. What were your highlights, gents? There needs to be one for me. Good evening, everyone in Belfast, especially Belfast Giants fans, players, officials, management. Thank you so much for giving me my weekend highlights where you shit the bed. Uh-oh, Sanford. That was tremendous. Oh, it has to be. It has to be Gareth Martin's commentary because... It was just his reaction. It wasn't like a, a forced one. It literally, as though he didn't mean to say it, but it just came out, uh-oh. And goal Sanford, eh? He's, is he back? Is he back? Hopefully not, but it looks that way. Yeah, I have to say, uh, on that note, got to be the highlight of the week. Three goals, two games. Uh, it looks like he could be well back in, uh, playing his way back into form again. Four-point weekend for the Devils. Has to be that for me. My highlight is five. I never thought I'd say that, but uh, five two end of the third down t- to the mighty minuscule clan. Uh, pull it back win on the shootout. Um, you've got to say fair play to that, uh, and uh, they've carried on. Um, you know, best foot forward and, and doing their bit. Uh, I've got to ask a quick question to Scott. How how did you BFF do this weekend? Um, the drought continues. Um, but we're all here. The support is here for him. But yes, um, I think he got eight minutes of play against um, whoever they played on Friday. Who did they play on Friday? Manchester. How did they play on Friday? Oh, yeah, Storm. Eight minutes, six penalty minutes, and uh, no change on the goal front. But that's four in a row. But, you know, 
we're still here for Riley. You you were sounding a little bit like a, a Belfast fan then four in a row. Um, <laughs> That's not happening. No, I know it's not. <laughs> Although we'll get you in that shirt one day. Uh, right, so we, I've, I've mentioned it. Uh, we'll, we'll start it off. The meltdown of the mighty. The clan. It's kind of the... If the, if the, if the words shit the bed was in pictorial format, you'd have the logo of the clan at the moment. Um, it's not looking good for them though, is it? No, it's definitely not. And it's... It's what I think a few of us thought at the start of the of the season, and they were sold this big sort of spiel about how they were going to be, and the fans lapped it up and uh, went a bit sort of haywire in what they thought was going to happen with the clan this year. Where I think it was other, most of us were they think, well, hang on, let's just to see how it goes. It's a brand new team, brand new owners. We're just going to go to, and they they have just 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 collapsed. There's no other word for it. Um, I was looking at the 16 games they've played this year. Uh, they've won four, lost 12. And they've shipped 71 goals. So they're averaging like four, just over four and a half goals a game. You're not getting anywhere with, with that sort of performance. Um, and, you know, at the moment, you can't see any change coming because, if anything, they're getting worse, not better. And... You know, it's, it's, there's going to be some sort of uh, some changes there required, I think, for them to get any sort of better than what they are at the moment. It's an interesting one. We always say you need some now, some experience of this league to coach in it. And they went full new coach with Jason Morgan and assistant as well. They needed someone else in that could have helped them out, whether that be a former player. I know they've still got Dyson there, but he's got to have his playing role. He needs to be the captain this year. So I, that's where the, the, the first mistake was. I am going to stick up from a little bit uh, losing Mike Hammond. Obviously, he was going to be their top-line guy. They've also not had any of Charlie Combs, who was going to be a top-line guy. They signed Matt Berry in. I think he played one or two games. He got injured. I believe he was back tonight. So they have got some sympathy but then that that washed out for me to tonight in the cup game because they're now i think pretty much nailed on to be bottom seed for the challenge cup they sh- they never should have lost that game dundee were five and oh in the, the the cup they needed to try and get a win to get the points because then the the blaze would, could probably could be battling out for them and blaze getting a point last night can't confirm because you can never know with the bloody elite league and how they work out things but it's going to be a struggle for them to come it's, they're either going to play Belfast, probably Belfast or Sheffield as well. So they're realistically going to struggle to get through the cup. So I think me start trying to stick up for them tonight just shows that it's ridiculous. And it's telling on the socials. But there's some very harsh comments about uh, the Glasgow fans, which wasn't really as bad when Malcolm was in charge. Get him out of my club. I didn't see this unrest, but I think finally the Glasgow fans have got a bit fed up. So we're saying that they've kind of woke up, they've kind of yeah. realising yeah. that the grass is not green anywhere at all for them. Not at all. Um, John, you've said on many occasions on this pod that you know this is a team that could, should be better in every facet than they are. Um, we said our predictions was that they may make the playoffs. Um is everything going as you predicted? It's seemingly. Um, not sure I agree with Scott on the coaching side of things. Um, Fife obviously brought a new guy to the league. I know ideally you want to bring a guy in that 
knows the league, whether it be a former coach, former player. But then at the end of the day, sometimes like a Fife, you bring a new guy in that doesn't know it, they come with no baggage and it might work. It's still early days, but I think the thing for me is that Glasgow is like, there's new people there, there's new players, new coaching, even some new off-ice people there. But they're a losing organisation. The mindset is so bad in Glasgow. They're used to losing. They're not used to winning. And is it a culture? Are they just used to losing all the time? And then it might take maybe a few years to kind of to change the culture there. But the fans, like you said, maybe they're sort of getting frustrated now and they're seeing there's no change as a positive. But they're still turning up, though. They, they get in decent crowds, which is quite surprising. Considering how poor they are and how poor they continue to be, the fans are still coming. And we've seen in the past with other teams like Nottingham's, etc. As long as the fans come, do they really care in terms of management? It's all about money and putting bums on seats. Winning, I guess, isn't a priority uh, for, for maybe some management teams. But yeah, it, it just looks like the same old Glasgow for me. And I don't see anything other than what we predicted. Seventh, eighth at a push. Um, and if maybe Guildford start firing, which should look like they're starting the fire, Glasgow could be falling down towards the bottom of the table quite soon. Yeah, I'm not sure about it. Let like me see about the crowds and that. And I was up there for the Cardiff game the other week, uh, last weekend, and there was there was quite a few empty seats around there. But then straight away they sold out for the Fife game, and it's almost as if they're like going to think, well. You know, we're going to beat five, so we'll go and watch that. But if that can't continue because they're now not doing that. And if those crowds do start to go down, that's when they'll probably start to take notice of what's happening. Or is it more like no one cares about Cardiff and they wanted to watch up against five? Well, Who knows? Uh, jokes aside, I, I do agree with, with Scott in the aspects of the, the injuries that they've had that could, and I use the word could strongly, you know, have the same in how they've started. But the culture's there that we've mentioned time and time again, that it's it's the same people that will still influence from different angles. Now, it's done at other clubs, but other clubs win. Whether it's Belfast, Cardiff, Sheffield, they win silverware. Glasgow down. And I think you could end up seeing some changes quicker than you'd expect, because I think the panic button will be pressed. If they, let's say the next four weeks, I'm not sure who they've got in the next four week span. They don't pick many results up. They'll hit the panic button because they were kind of outside looking in. They looks like new coach, new owners, everything's different and we're all fine. And it's just same old, same old. And I wouldn't be surprised within the next four weeks. And I'm not just talking player personnel. I wouldn't be surprised if they really pressed the panic button and got rid of the coach. But they start turning it round, all will be well in the world. But it's one of them where they they can't rely on that fan base being there all the time. The numbers are great, given the results of of the, the uh, bums on seats. Um, and kind of a last point, it's you hear it too many times, and I'll just move slightly, just have to climb. But a lot of teams there's bums on seats, bums on seats. Cardiff, of you know, they've got regular sellouts of three thousand and fifty. I think that's the Official attendance, you know, mm-hmm. Sheffield, you know, six and a half, seven, seven and a half, or quite a number of eight thousands already. Um, on that plus side, Coventry uh, and Scott, please tell me if I'm wrong, it's hit and miss on the attendance side of things. Um, and I think Guildford are 
um, kind of that same boat. Manchester, on the other hand, they've already had two sellouts, which they only they only really get one. Uh, that's not knocking them, but they only get one, and that's the New Year's Day game. So it's kind of you hear it so many times the bums on seats thing, and does that kind of go as a question around the table? Does that kind of go towards that panic button method? Is that they'll see the numbers drop, right? We've got to change, and they'll expect it the numbers to increase. The numbers are there, though, because of their season ticket sales. They're not going to decrease. I think they got well into a couple of thousand season tickets. So they will always count towards attendance. I know Greg alluded to the fact that it wasn't full. Maybe people are staying away already, which is what you don't want. Um, Do you know who's not got a job this year? And he's been coaching in the Quebec Major Junior League last few years. Bruce Richardson. Bring back Bruce, eh? That will will get the the crowd going again. Um, Just on... John's point about not agreeing with me about new coaches to Lee. Can we talk about Mr. Coolin? Because Clan saved him a little bit because Fife were one in eight before that. And Tom has done a very good job in distracting you from the fact that Fife were on a massive losing run. Uh, they ended up getting it back because Clan capitulated. But that shows a difference in what Tom is to what Jason Morgan is, because Jason's interviews are very much, uh, slagged my goalie off a little bit. Oh, we've not done this. Whereas Tom, can li- he's literally like a hypnotist, isn't he? Did you know that Fife had lost, had won one and eight? Probably not. Probably most people don't, but he's just that, his interview last night with the clan, he was like, we'll get one, we'll get two. It's like you learn how to count with him and then you just get distracted from everything that's previously happened. The only thing that bothers me about Tom like every new coach this league, is the mo- he moaned about the schedule again. Like you, we tell you what goes on, and it doesn't wash with the fans when you moan about the schedule. So as a whole, everyone, it's not new. Shut up. Get on with it. Yeah. He, to be fair to him, he does. His, his deflection techniques are brilliant because he's got this little sort of like gaze he does it he's looking back and forth he's talking and it's like as if he's distracted and then he'll start to talk about something else he's just brilliant um but it works um the other thing i would say about fight the, the flyers results i think if you look back over the last those eight games i think four of them went to overtime and so they haven't been that far away in a lot of those games whereas clan have been getting blown out in those games and so there is sort of that side to it where perhaps that's why the, the five fans haven't got as much up in arms as maybe the clan fans have because they've seen that improvement to what they've had over the last few years and they can see where it's going so maybe that's something I don't know but um, I, I think overall it's, it's even though they have lost in that run it's not as bad as it, it could have been Yeah I was just to the same point I share ironically they've been in games that's the difference between Glasgow and, and Fife. Fife have been in games. Okay, they've come out the wrong end of an overtime a few times along that way. If they won two more of those games, three more of those games, it looks different. But Glasgow's getting blown out. Blown out. Let's be fair. I watched the game against Cardiff, as I mentioned the other week, uh, last weekend. They were crap. Absolutely shocking. They got blown out by Dundee tonight. Dundee Stars blew out Glasgow. But expectations, and rightly so, are different between Fife and Glasgow. Fife are, are properly rebuilding. They're the same coach for 125 years prior to this year. Um, they've never gone anywhere in all that time. They're just happy to see a bit of change and a bit of progress, I think, in Fife. There's less expectation for them to maybe compete, and they're having fun. 
Um, and that's the thing, they seem to be having fun as a, as a fan base, especially. But Glasgow, we talk about all the time, expectations should be big. They should be up there. But it's just the same old, same old, same old, same old. And it makes you think, what's the point of Glasgow clan? What is the point of them? I, I can't find a, a, a positive about them. Controversial from the Divas ever. But we like it. Uh, but I, you know what? Jokes aside, the way they continue to do the business, you kind of get that question. That just floats around the head. Uh, but, you know, time will tell. They may make a couple of changes and they may, you know, end up in the top four. Miracles have happened. Uh, so we'll move from the clan. Um, we'll talk about one of the games tonight, only on the basis of um, Sheffield's first game back since the, the incident with Aaron Johnson against Coventry. Um, a 2-1 overtime win for the Steelers. Scott, I'll, I'll bring you in first of all. Um, thoughts on the game? Black, as expected. Um, I don't... I, I, I need to watch my words here because I don't want to sound disrespectful, but the whole tributes before... I didn't feel like the need the Sheffield needed to announce every player onto the ice. It started late. Everyone's waiting around. And then it, the whole thing took 15 minutes. And I'm not trying to, dis, to take away anything from remembering our soldiers or giving an Adam Johnson tribute. But the players were standing around for 10, 12 minutes. And I feel like that just made them think about everything that's going on. I feel like it could have been a bit sharper and a bit not quick it's not the right word it's just it just went on a, a little too long for me and I think like that went into the gameplay I, I I thought Steelers playing in Manchester on Saturday was great from because it was away from home they didn't have the the memories or whatever and they could just play hockey and it seemed seemingly they had a very good road game last night getting the win and they were lights out but tonight it, it, it was flat at times uh, from 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 both teams and I hope they got the Steelers organization and the fans got what they wanted out of the tributes and especially during the games with Matthew Petgrave and Adam Johnson. The clap for Adam Johnson, 100% agree with. Um, and then the singing his name. The Blaze really piled on the pressure in that minute or two. And then the Blaze end up scoring in the 50th minute. For the Steelers fans to continue in the Steelers organization to continue I feel like that needs to just be a one-off you've respected the guy you you can't fault any Steeler fans in how they've reacted with the situation and the support they've given the Nottingham Panthers but they need to kind of move on collectively because the Blazers are struggling for goals at the moment another team may have dealt with the Sheffield Steelers a bit more easier tonight I feel like if that was a Cardiff went into Sheffield tonight it would have been a, a a Cardiff win I don't know I hope you understand what I'm trying to say there I do. Um, I disagree in elements of it um, in respect of I felt tonight was always going to be the one-offs. You, you never hear um, a Nottingham player chanted in, in Sheffield unless they've done something completely stupid. Um, and I felt that was always going to be the case tonight. You'll not get that next week. You'll not get Petgrave, the, the minute chant. That I'll go on back on that very separate. Um, I, felt, so I felt tonight was going to be a lot of one-offs. Um, I felt like you, because we were chatting during, it was a very flat and, and drab game, apart from that last 10 minutes where it opened up. 
um, open, it was like part of the Red Sea and it went back and forth. It turned into a good game. It's that last 10 minutes, um, did. I, I've got to give huge praise to Cozen. Um, yeah. he got you the point. Um, he was lights out tonight. Um, because we did have in a very drab game have a number of chances. He was outstanding. Um, I thought Greenfield was as well. Yeah. Me personally, I would have given both man of the match. I appreciate Dow got it because he got the overtime winner. Um, so I, I think just go on to the point you're saying about hope we get what you want. I think that from the respecting Johnson and Petgrave, I think that'll be done. I don't think you'll see that. Yeah. Um, will you see people still get through and get over and, and come to terms with being at the arena still? I think that will. As an in, on an individual basis, that'll be as long as however it needs to be. Um, I, I I felt that yeah, could they have kind of just rushed the names and announcers? Yeah, they they did rush the super the starting six. I was going to say super six, and I thought I'd talk quicker then. Uh, that was done a bit quicker, so they they saved a bit of time there, but they could have done more. I, I agree with that, um, just from a timing perspective. Um, but they did the tribute well, and I think they did. I think they also fell unlucky. On the only aspect of it, it's not just the first game back. Yeah. It's arm assist under. Yeah. So to kind of do it all and give it the justice that both deserved and required would have taken a bit of time. I get the point you're saying in terms of the, the, the waiting around. I'll say this. There were elements of, of comedy players that they were. Some were just stood on the blue line, but some were just moving around and waiting for the right time to go, right, let's go there yeah. and do the right thing. I do think, though, next weekend, Belfast and, and Glasgow – you'll not have the tribute. So I think that element will, will progress. Yeah. But and I'm not trying to be rude in any way. No, I'm no, just I, saying, I, I, I feel that that's contributed to, to the result in no, a way. I, 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 I don't understand where you're coming from. Um, and I, I think, yeah, because it kind of, again, the atmosphere in that minute of pause for Johnson and the video, the, the video that Sheffield put together, I don't know if it was came across on the webcast, um, but that was so well no. done. It was all Johnson's highlights. It was his NHL highlights, his Panthers highlights. It's a Sheffield game, and we have Nottingham highlights. That you know, the things that you kind of go, that don't happen. Rightfully so tonight. It also combined with photos from from both Nottingham and Sheffield with the flowers and the tributes. It was just so well done, and I think that atmosphere did kind of develop. You mentioned the Petgrave one. Now this is something I was, I was talking. Um, I talked to my mum about it whilst driving down to the game. It's like I'm not sure we should do anything about Petgrave tonight. Tonight was all or this afternoon. Sorry, all about Adam Johnson. But if it happened, you'd, you'd get involved, you'd respect it. And it did. And they started chatting, and everyone eventually got through. And this, uh, it was a moment I'll probably not forget for a while because it was so spine tingling. You, you heard the applause, and then they, st- they, they, they put the video, the picture of Petgrave on the Jumbotron. And it was just like a goal, and everybody, minus the away block, and it's not a knock on them, but everybody got up. And the atmosphere from that moment, it was just like it was a goal that won a championship. And it was like, what the hell's this? This is something not to be expected. Um, and fan-led, fan-driven. It wasn't anything that Sheffield, Sheffield did they were going to do. They all, all they said was, we're going to do for Johnson. So that moment tonight was just, yeah, that is something. And if, if there are videos that, that are around of it, it's worth watching. Just to, It captures the atmosphere. And it captures a, a spirit of supporting one of their own. And I'm saying, obviously, it was Sheffield this scenario. Could be anything, but it just—it was very unique and very much spine tingling to hear. It was the noise, the level of noise that just went up on a trajectory that you're not gonna, in my opinion, have for some time. 
you know, it was a little bit me. I was surprised with the program, the front cover, um, Pep Gray's name being on the front. It, uh, what not for me in that sense? I, I, I didn't think it was in in the right shining. It was about Armistice Day and about Johnson. Pep Gray's name for me didn't need to be on there, but it's, I feel like, yeah, don't want to go too much into that one. But uh, I, for I, me. Can, I, I can appreciate where you're coming from and. Again, it is say the Armistice State's the first game, but it's also without officially saying it's their way of kind of supporting their own. But it's the delivery. Was it the right delivery? And I think I I must admit I understand the point um, you're making on that. And just one more thing, but I know John watched the game, but the Blaze. Ah, I mean, we over time lost to, uh, two nights in a row, Guildford and. But he's not seen much of the blaze. It's it's a weird one for me. I mean, I've Blake Thompson has had to play thirty minutes tonight. Um, he's on ice for both the goals, and that's not his fault. Um, I've, I've, as I said, I've, Blake Thompson has struggled. I feel with his play, but then on the same respect, we're, we're throwing him under the bus. Thirty minutes, it's ridiculous, um, and we're giving Archie Hales a die in three minutes. What's the point in having Archie? I know you can't play him in all press situation and it's a close game, but at times for the Blaze as well, we didn't really threaten. Our line changes were scared line changes. We were taking the puck over into Steelers' D zone with one forward and then he's looking around for help. Or now we're doing a quick change. I feel like we were scared to lose tonight. Do you agree? I felt there was an element of scared across both sides. Uh, there was a number of scenarios. There was actually one where there was... Uh, early collision with Greenfield that I felt he did everything he could to get out of the way. So I'm not saying he, he's done anything that wrong, but you could tell straight away that from a commentary perspective, there's someone on the back of Manuel, let's not do anything harsh. And there was a similar, I think it was Valorant who'd gone and I've never seen a guy who's crushing the net slam the brake so hard to make sure that yeah, he's Champini. Was it Champini? I thought it was Valorant, my apologies. But you, you saw there was an element of, of, of fear or scared across both sides. Um, but I will say Christo was one of the best players for you guys. Last time when we played at the Sky Dome, I felt as well he was as good tonight. And he, he just giving that, that spark, or attempting to spark. Well, he had a little chance. little hug fest with... Yeah, yeah, he had a, he had a cool. it, was, it was cold in the arena, so I couldn't yeah. see why he'd want to you know, keep warm. John, um, your thoughts on that game tonight? Uh, I think the first point that stands out for me was Cozen. He seems to know how to play in Sheffield. He looked unbeatable at times. Um, for two periods, it could have been three or four goal lead easy for, for Sheffield. Uh, very weird game. Um, Scott mentioned about like Thompson. I think he had nine minutes in the first period, just just nine minutes in the first period, which is unbelievable. Uh, when you're limited, of course, in terms of your D numbers, you want to keep your guys a bit fresh and to be playing nine minutes almost in the first period was, was quite bizarre, especially when he's a guy that takes a lot of stick. Um, so it does seem a little bit weak at the back end there. Um, Scott made another good point as well, which I picked up on myself earlier. They're playing very short, sharp shifts tonight. It was almost like they're trying not to get scored on and trying not to get not to lose. He didn't seem to go out and try and win the game, which is fair enough. Going to Sheffield is not an easy game. Um, in terms of the start being delayed, I get what you're saying, Scott, but I think tonight was a one-off. Um, you, you know, the remembrance thing is a big deal. It means a lot to me personally. Whenever I see that last post, it always makes me just 
reflective and um and it's it's an important thing i think for us all to remember and i and i know it took a little while and with the tributes it was a, a late face off but and yeah the players were hanging around but that's not going to be normal uh i'm sure come next weekend we'll get back to some sort of again normality if that's the right phrase to use in terms of just things have gone on in the last couple of weeks it doesn't take them away they're always going to be there um but you can't let them linger you can't as an organization they have to sort of not put it to bed, but to try and move on as best as they can. Um, bit of a weird one with the crowd. The crowd were like buzzing at the beginning. It was. It seemed electric in there, to be fair. And at times, it then got very quiet, very tense. It's almost like people were kind of coming to terms after the initial, you know, hype of being back in the arena was there. You could tell it was a very nervous facility. Um, and when Clemens took that hit, we went into the boards, and the, you could see everyone was like, "Oh shit." I think in a normal game, that probably would have been something that maybe people wouldn't have been maybe as sort of uh, scared, if that's the right phrase to use again. I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but it just seems like everyone is so nervous at the moment, whether it be players, fans, and it'll take time. It'll take time. It'll take a few weeks maybe when a few few big hits go in. Players start to relax a little bit. The muscle memory kind of kicks in again, and they'll remember they can hit each other. They can going on goalies and they can do all the things they've done all their careers. It doesn't mean to say that something bad's going to happen. And I think you need almost to allow the next few weeks that fans and players are not going to be at it fully. In terms of the result, I think Coventry did well to, to nick a point. They still a point really, I think really, um, because it could have been out of sight after two periods in, in all fairness. The weird team Coventry, like they get beat like 6-0 against Cardiff a few weeks ago and it's shocking. And they get beat by Dundee, and they can go and grind a point out in Sheffield. It just seems to be the certain rings they can kind of go to and perform better than others. I've seen quite a few games in the last couple of years where Coventry have done well in Sheffield. They've taken points in a number of games. Um, but can I me, put a positive like... on it? Try. Oh, I'm what? The Coventry. Purely the but... fact that we've only conceded a goal in the last two games. And my the, my dreams now is we've steadied the ship at the back we've started to get and then we're just going to get our secondary scoring in and then everything's going to be hunky-dory ironically I was going to mention that's a positive before you like you sort of like pissed your pants a bit too soon I was going to commend the fact sorry that... I, I know you don't like to be interrupted apologies continue no you had your chat for quite a long time we sat by Greg and I waiting you know respectfully that's why you call the diva. Carry on, sorry. Yeah, that's just you deflecting. You're, you're, you're the biggest diva amongst, amongst all of us, but you just deflect like the Tory that you are. Another secret Tory. Anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, um, I was going to go on to say at least they're sort of finding... <laughs> you're such a dick, Scott. Um, they're finding their way to shut teams down a little bit better than they were a few weeks ago. Um, but in terms of scoring, I don't see a lot of firepower in that team. I don't see a line you can sort of send out that's going to kind of win you a game. And that's maybe me being a bit a bit harsh. <laughs> if I was like a, a you know a, a non hockey fan that didn't really know who the players, I couldn't tell you who their first line was when they go out there. They don't stand out. Um, that being said, they have, they've got three lines, but then you've got guys like Ripley's playing pretty good. To be fair, the Brits are having a good go, but they haven't got the depth of the teams. So to be fair to them, they can get a point in Sheffield with dare I say it. Not the best firepower. Some of them are bang average. That's a positive for me to take a point in Sheffield. is pretty decent. Scott, do you agree? I do. 
Um, certain players are not performing and uh, they need to get their ass into gear. That's just a fact. Greg, um, as a somewhat neutral with these two teams, uh, just overall thoughts on, on the evening? It's Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I am, didn't see the actual game itself um, today. Some of us, you know, unfortunately have to work on a Sunday and uh, couldn't get the time to see that today. Um, but obviously I have seen most of the bits that have gone on through social media and things like that. Um, and it, it's, it's, it, it, today was, as, as Boss been alluded to already, was always going to be a hard one for Sheffield and the people getting back into that arena uh, and their first game back in there. And um, it, it would have been a hard balance of trying to find what the right thing to do was and how that how they went about doing that. So I, it's... You know, without being there, I, 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 you, know, you can't really sort of comment on there. Could they have done it a bit earlier? Maybe I don't know. Could they have said the fans arrive early, get in the building, and this is what's going to happen on that day? I don't know. I don't know what the sort of setup is there, and perhaps that would have helped what Scott was saying with the start time. Um, but I think, like you said, David, is it, it's probably a one-off just for this week and how it went and the things that happened, and we will be back to sort of a normal. Uh, routine uh, in, in the next few home games, um, but uh, we shall, time will tell. We shall wait and see. Um, as for Coventry, you know, the bottom of the league for a reason, and they let's be honest. <laughs> so, uh, there's not much else you can say about that, really. Mm, nice to have you on, Greg. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll wrap up that game and to, to just give praise to the, um, the the NHS services that was on hand for anybody who needed them. Um, and they were very chatty. They were very um, asking questions, getting people involved, engaged. And, uh, you know, hopefully that, I'll be honest, I was like, similar to you, Greg, it was like, it, it took me five minutes. Right? I was, I was sat in my seat talking to a friend and both of us who were there at that game all, was talking to each other like this, but our eyes were just focused on that one particular part of the ice. Um, if you, For those who were there, I hope it's the start of the, the best foot forward and getting back to normality. Um, how long it takes it takes but we'll get there and uh, we can uh, start shouting shoot and uh, dancing along to Sweet Caroline as all respectful hockey fans do apparently next topic and I'm going to let John act like a kid at Christmas Eve because he literally when we was like what should we talk about this week guys John straight I've never seen him respond quicker to this question so I'm just going to pass it over to you John and allow you to start. Might this be the Belfast Giants we're talking about now? It quite the well meltdown. Be, yes. The absolute meltdown across the water. Oh my goodness me. Um, I've had a good weekend so far. There's no more emotional fan base, I think, in the entire league than Belfast Giants. Um, they had a poor couple of games recently and they came back with a win against Manchester. You thought, here they go. They're going to grind out some results now. Played against Guildford, obviously, and uh, Cardiff for the weekend, as we know. Um, Cardiff played, obviously, Friday and travelled Saturday. Belfast were fresh, ripe for the picking, so they thought. Um, after two periods, no Belfast goals. Thought maybe even a shutout, maybe. Um, as it happened, you know, going into the uh, late into the third 2-2, Belfast pressing, look they can maybe steal a late winner. And then on the blue line, it all went horribly wrong, didn't it? 
And those famous two words will probably get mentioned many times at some point over the season. Uh-oh. And Sanford goes dancing around and puts a puck in the net. Okay. So they lose Saturday. They're going to come back for Sunday against Guildford. Guildford have found some form, so I'm quite glad in terms of the timing. If they played Guildford maybe two or three weeks ago, probably a routine away win. Um, they seem to have Belfast card recently. And then after, was it 2-0 after two periods, I think it was? And then, so you think, okay, still in the game, still in the game, they get the next goal. And then, uh, obviously, then they're in it. But anyway, it's just, it, it might be 3-0. Was it 3-0, Scott? Yeah, 3-0. So, okay, 3-0. It's probably comfortable. And they got the 3-1. And then the same people that maybe were guilty of doing silly things on Friday, or Saturday, rather, did the same on Sunday. And they get thrown out of the game. And then the game's done. And there's a zero-point weekend for Belfast. Now, I know what this is not going to probably be many chances of doing this, and I'm glorifying a, a no-point weekend. We all know how this works. They get their shit together, and they go on a 10-9 or nine or 12-game winning run, and I think, oh, well, that was fun for me while it lasted. And then they get to January, they bring about another 19 imports in. So I'm not ruling them out. But when you look at their current form, is it four losses in five? Scott's the figures, man. Scott's always the guy with the numbers. Brilliant. Four and four. Uh, they have they started off the season and they won four and four, uh, and now they've lost four and five. Yeah, so I thought it was. So those figures sound absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, um, all for Belfast Giants losing games, especially back to back. All for fans getting players wanting to be sacked. All for fans turning on their team and then seeing the same fans in a few weeks' time saying they're going to go. Here we go, four in a row. Loves to see that. Um, yeah, so I'm being a bit mischievous. I'm not being much um, hockey talk, just more being a bit of a shit stirrer, to be fair. Um, maybe Greg's smoking in the background. Maybe Greg's a better person than me to put a bit more of a, um unbiased spin on things and to try and be a bit more diplomatic than me because you might have noticed I'm kind of reveling in this and I'm probably getting people slagging me off in Belfast and no shits are given. Not really, John. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's quite ironic, really, how some of the comments you're seeing over the last couple of nights after their results is exactly the sort of behaviour that they would call other people out for on social media. Uh, we're always in Cardiff uh, labelled as the entitled bunch when we come up with a comment, and yet here we are having fans calling for other players and bemoaning the fact they've actually lost the game, uh, vilifying some poor guy on the blue line who's made a mistake that you would probably see, I don't know, 10, 15 times in a game, somebody losing control on the puck as it's coming back round, especially at that time of the game as well. When the pressure's on, they've got to try and score. It, Yeah, it just calm down. You're going to lose games. You're going to make mistakes. And you just need to get used to that. Um, and I think they have just got a, a bit used to having things their own way for the last couple, of, last couple of seasons and rightfully so, they've been the best team you can't really argue with that uh, the one thing I don't really see is I know we go on about oh, when will when will Belfast get the, the sign-in checkbook out when, when will we see Belfast version 2.0 but nobody seems to mention the fact that maybe Keith doesn't get his recruitment right initially most years because they're always ending up changing five, six players. So nobody seems to mention that. 
I don't know why, but it definitely seems a point to me in the way that happens. But it's, you know, they are going to come good. They're too good a team and too good a club to not sort of get it right. But I'm just going to revel in it for as much as I can and hope it lasts a bit longer. Absolutely, especially when Besco is not playing like Besco. Yeah. Scotty, what do you reckon? Maybe a little injury may be involved there or lack of confidence or he's just he's finished. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Mr. Williams. Poking the bear. You're fucking, uh, uh, he's um, best gone. No. no. <laughs> best gone. Best gone. No, I think you will get your ass bit on that one. Um, he doesn't concede that goal against Sanford any other game. That, it looks like there's something amiss there. Maybe maybe he is carrying something. I, I, I don't know. Um but I wanna I wanna bring up on the uh the jump on of Miles Gendron. If I jumped on every Blaze mistake we've made this season, we'd have no players. It happens. It does happen. And a few people have said sorry for what they said, but do we we remember this last year with the Giants? They so uh came out of CHL. They didn't they did they went on a horrendous run. And then they go to Guildford tonight and they're hurting a little bit and do you know who's hurting the most probably Miles Gendron and in the third period he cross checks Alvaro in the face naughty very naughty gets chucked out the game maybe that was a cross check to the fan base and say oh yeah I've seen all your comments uh, you were all fucking loving my TikTok the other week off the wife when it was bigging up how great this city is and saying look come to play for our club so what's you can't have it both ways. And he that that cross check probably gonna get a ban as well. A bit naughty. A bit all from what I've seen of Belfast is they're they're not they've not clicked, they're all a bit playing all at the same pace. There's no there's no Belfast jump and go really. It's just a bit bizarre. But I can't I still feel they'll be there or thereabouts. The top three will be Sheffield, Cardiff and Belfast. Just what order that is. But There's no question. Good. That's good. Though. Yeah. We don't want to be thinking, oh, he's there running away with their run of it. I can't wait for their games when they get really interested. Oh, yeah. But it puts a massive spin on the, uh, the those games now because essentially they've dropped four points of Cardiff this weekend. Absolutely massive. Two points off Sheffield. And it just makes those games against Sheffield and Cardiff even more important now because... Lack of scoring as well. Three goals over two games. And only one goal against a, a previously poor Guildford team. Okay, they're finding some form. But I'm seeing all these things now, knowing full well, and I'm going to have in about three months' time when the top of the league. And I'm going to be getting st- stick off people. And I know it's going to happen, but I just want to enjoy it in the moment now, live in the moment, enjoy while it's lasting. And I just hope they don't do what Belfast do and then they just go on a massive storming run. And then in January, they're like 10 points clear of everybody else because that's what happened. It's kind of annoying. I think three months is generous, um, to be honest, John. Uh, so about you, John, Greg, I thought Scott was about to start bursting into Ebenezer good. But he started saying naughty notes. I'm like, Jesus, are we going to have a karaoke session on the pod? Um, we can uh, do. I mean, do yeah, we can do that as a, an outtake, yeah. Uh, I'm down for that. Uh, and also, John, Greg, yeah, that's going to bite on your ass with Besco. It is. It's going to bite you so hard, you're not going to be able to walk. That is. That, yeah. I, when I heard that, I'm like, what the fuck am I hearing, guys? Um, but 
we'll see. The stats will, will not lie come the end of the season. You can say you got it right. Or uh, I do have another stat, courtesy of uh, Paddy Smith. Giants scoring late on in Guildford tonight means they have preserved their two-year streak of not being shut out in the league. Who cares? Loss is a loss. It's a decent start, but losing 3-1 or 3-0, who gives a shit? Unless it's a loss. And anyway, I'm not the only person... I'm not... I know, and I I, I love you for it, but when the Belfast fans themselves are alluding to Besco not being the best Besco, then they have to own their own shit as well. I'll own it when he comes Oh, 100%. Like... I, I'll just dive on you two. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Next week, Belfast are in Sheffield. And that will be interesting to see how how hurt they are and how they play. Um, you just know that Keith will not allow this line down. He, he'll be doing something. He'll be trying to work something. And even if he's saying, right, we're making changes. Screw this, we're making changes. He'll do it. And you'll have the backing of the club and the organisation to do it. Because Absolutely. he set the bar. The thing with him is he has set the bar. And it's been set very fucking high. And they've earned it. So anything that falls short, it's not just the team that have to own it. It's also himself. So I think next Saturday's game could be quite the interesting one. Um, I'm sure it will be. But the most important thing of all that is four losses in five games. That's just sexy. You are enjoying this far too much, aren't you, mate? Yeah. I'm going to get so many messages of people slagging you off. And I'm going to fuck. Do you know all them nice messages we got last week, Scott? It's just going to be rolls reverse this week, isn't it? Listen, and I've, 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 I've had enough stick off. That John's a prick. He's like... I, I've been called it for many years, and I haven't been mischievous for a long time. Maybe I need to be a bit more like my old self. And, uh, yeah, listen. Come on, I know it'll bite me in the ass, but I'm big enough and strong. And, Strong enough to take any stick that comes on my way, but it's all fun. It's only a game, guys. Chill out. <laughs> Chill the fuck out, Giants fans. Slagging players off after one loss or two losses. You're going to win the league, probably. And that's annoyingly what's going to probably happen. It's all part of the journey, guys. You take the rough with the smooth. And just when you lose, stay off social media, because you look stupid in a few weeks' time when they start winning games again. Here end of the sermon, I think. Um... And we'll, we'll move on. Um, uh, we'll, we'll bring Greg into this first off. So next weekend, uh, Cardiff aren't in domestic action. They're heading to Europe. Um, they were sloppy thirds, respectfully said. Um, but they're in the Continental Cup. Um, and they will be in Grenoble, a very nice part of the world, and a nice rink. Um, and for those who are going, if it was anything like last time, a bottle of wine was cheaper than a pint of beer. Take that into consideration. Um, so... To go over the group, Cardiff for the high seed, but they have uh, Nomad of Kazakhstan, the host Grenoble, uh, and Zemgal Yelgava of Latvia. Um, last year, when we had this conversation, I don't know if John remembers this, but we were like, we looked at the group like Cardiff were in and they were hosting the semi final. Yeah, they'll be in the final. That's a walkover. I look at this group, Greg, and I am not so sure it's as easy a walkover for Cardiff to make the final. Greg. What do you reckon to that? To that? Yeah, def- definitely agree with that. Um, it's it's looking like a lot tighter affair um, this year when you look at the, the, the standard of the three teams involved. Um, if you look at the, the, the current standings, uh, Zemgala first in the Latvian League. They've won 11 out of 14 games. Uh, Grenoble and 
uh, Astana or Nomad are both lying third in May's. So they're still maintaining that level of performance this year that got them into the Continental Cup last year. Um, so I think it won't be that sort of, not so much a foregone conclusion that we had last year, but that sort of confidence to say, yeah, we've got enough in the tank to get past these teams in this in, in this sort of like phase. Obviously, we did we played Zengal last year and, and, and got past them in what my brother still describes as the, his favourite game ever to com- commentate on because of the, the amount of fighting and things that went on in that game uh, where they lost their heads, basically. So uh, that should, could be fun when we come to play him again now uh, this weekend. Um, I, I do see us getting there because uh, I believe it's the top two doesn't go through from each group. Uh, so I, I can see us getting first or second out, out of those teams uh, and, and progressing on to the final. Uh Going into it quite strong. We've got we have a great weekend. Uh, performances generally are really good. Russell's done some tinkering with the lines, which seems to work pretty well, um, and got players playing. So it's all looking pretty good for us so far. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely see a top two finish out coming up. So before we bring John Scantis, uh, just to go over the fixture order at the the Patinois Pulsod, uh, Cardiff will open up against Nomad on the Friday. Saturday they play Zingala, and then Sunday the final game, which traditionally is the top two seeds, um, or the host and the top seed against Grenoble. Uh, John, that lineup you kind of go tough game first, theoretically a game that they should get the win, build up to if they need to get anything on that third game. Do you see this as a, an opportunity? Last year, Cardiff started poorly, we all know that, and it was a chance to get away from it all, find that groove, and so on and so forth. They've got the groove, and they've had a really good weekend and results this weekend. You may have mentioned they beat Belfast once or twice. Do you reckon they just go on to that crest of a wave and, and do some really good bits in France? I think so. I think it's coming a good time. I think maybe this would have been after the Manchester defeat week or so back, maybe his confidence was a bit low. Um, when you go and beat Belfast in their own barn, which I may have mentioned, um, it's bound to give you a bit of a boost. Like you said, they've played around with the lines a little bit now. Um, the lines look stacked, to be fair. They're scoring goals all over the, the roster right now. Um, two good goalies. And that's obviously, I think, key in a small tournament like that. You have three games in three days, maybe playing one goalie, is a bit of much over three days. Uh, Wall obviously had a game last weekend. Uh, his first game and had a shutout. Looks pretty pretty solid. I think they'll have more than enough. I'm pretty sort of sure they're going to probably win the group. Um, and I think they'll kind of come back and if they get to the next stage, which will course to the finals, will it maybe be held in Cardiff? Possibly, I don't know. But when you look at the other group, we talked about this off-air earlier. It's a very tough group. I think looking at the two groups, um, they're probably... In the dare say weaker group of the two, possibly. Um, so I think when you look at the, the teams they're facing, okay, we don't know a lot about the teams. We haven't seen them that often, obviously, or if at all. I'd be confident they've gone off in a good, you know, bit of vein of form recently, and a lot of fans there, which I'm sure will give them a big boost as well. Certainly, when you've got a good big travelling support in Europe, it makes a massive difference. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident they'll win the group and come back, and then maybe uh, host it possibly if they. Get a chance to. I'd be interested if you did. You guys did host it, and I know that you're hosting the Olympic qualifying Cardiff. But last time you had the Conti Cup, you had the second pad to use. Uh, now it's a climbing frame and whatnot. Uh, Scott, do you reckon one of the things that's actually in Cardiff's benefit is Pete Russell? 
in having a coach that's used to, at a different level, admittedly, but used to playing a number of games in a very short span of time. Definitely. He loves it. That's where he excels, really. You look at his record with GB. Um, it's just, as much as it come at the right time for Cardiff last year, when they're on their slump, I think it's come at the wrong time for Cardiff. I feel like they would really want to crack on in the league and capitalise on a a Sheffield team that have got to get back to league action properly with tough fixtures at Belfast with Belfast next week. They could really crack on with the league. Um, so, unfortunately, was, the cookie crumbles is not great because last year it was good. This year, not so much from. Um, I do feel like they have enough. They've actually got quite a good team, Cardiff. Um, Cardiff, he, Russell was dicked the lines around and it seems to be working. Waller's still on the fourth line. What's that guy got to do? If you don't want to use him, I'll have him. Yeah, he, played, he was playing second line yesterday. Was he on second line yesterday? He was on second line with Martin and Sanford. Well, good. Glad to see. Right see we, know what, we know what we're talking about, don't we? Yeah. Um, Tyler Wall come in as well. The move for Booth. The move, oh, that, that worked well. It looked like it was a good thing for the GB with the, him going forward. Didn't work out to get Tyler Wall in. He's had a, a great first game in, up in Glasgow. Didn't have a lot of shots, but still got the shutout. And then he, he was quite composed again. I don't see he, him not playing bounds all three games, especially if it's tight. Um, he doesn't like. He doesn't. He doesn't give bounds a rest when it's GP. So is he going to no. do it for Europe? I just feel bounds will play all three games, but Wolves gave him the break of the games in the last couple of weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Friday Sunday. Yeah, the I think the same too. Week, the theoretical week aside, mm-hmm. give what I'm not saying. Wall isn't you know you're interesting for that get type of team, but I wouldn't be surprised. Bounds the man at the moment. Give him a tougher two games. Yeah. Um, so, just to I'd say for right. the, just say for the other group... There's no point in bringing him in. Sorry, Scott, go on. Sorry. Well, I hope you're right, because there's no point in bringing him in, is there, really? But... I, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I think he'll definitely play a bigger part this weekend, Ball, and he does look um, a definite upgrade on, first on Booth, but also on Cozen last year as well, from what I've seen of it so far. Um he just, he just he just has that sort of way about him that just doesn't get sort of panicked, just keeps his calm, composed, moves well. Uh, I think he's been a, a great addition for us. Um, so I think he definitely will play his part over this weekend coming up now. Just to kind of wrap up quickly on this section, the other group uh, in Cortina, nice part of the world as well, uh, Herning Blue Fox, um, Katowice, Poland, Herning Denmark, Cortina and Ferin Verossi of Hungary, who Sheffield played many years ago uh, and actually qualified for the final. Um, ironically, in Herning, uh, the team that no one expected but absolutely turned the group upside down. That's this weekend, 17th to the 19th. The final is um, the 12th to the 14th of January. We've heard what Greg and John have said. Scott, are Cardiff making it to the final? Yes or no? Yes. It's a full house. I do think they'll get it, but not as easy as last year. So we'll, we'll wish some form of luck to the, the Devils on their uh, European adventures. I'm sure next week we'll, uh, we'll have some fun discussing that. We'll move on to the next section. Um, I'll bring Scott into this one. Um, and the 
kind of just round things up with the Panthers Memorial uh, and, and the stuff that they're doing uh, that's been announced over the last few days. Scott, I'll, I'll let you lead on that. Yeah, I mean, they, they've, they've dropped out the Challenge Cup and you think, oh, is everyone happy with that? Seemingly, the fan base is and it's been the correct decision. And they're playing a Memorial game, a friendly, which they were due to play Storm in a Challenge Cup game. And then now that's been moved to an exhibition game, which the Storm have agreed to play. It's a game that they need. The first game back should be at home to get their emotions out the out, not out the way. That's not the right words to use, but to everyone to come together and uh, celebrate Adam's life. And it's it's good that Storm have agreed. As a whole, it seems seemingly upset the Sheffield Steelers backroom. I don't know if we want to discuss that. Uh, can we? Well, let, let's do. Um, Mr. Mr. Sims responded to a tweet from a fan saying it's cost us money. Um, whilst it has, it wasn't the correct way to do it. So for the Panthers, I hope it goes well next week as well as it could be. Seemingly, it's going to be a sellout as well. I think it is sold out, yeah. Mm. Um, and good for them. Um, I agree with you. And I think a lot of people said the same, that that first game back in whatever capacity should be at home. Let them feel the love. Um, I think that's some of that excuse me, Sheffield had tonight and Nottingham will have even more, and rightly so, um, when they play that first game. Greg, do you want to come in on that? Yes. Um, there was there was a point made, I listened to the, the podcast that Scott and John were involved with, um, 4,000 and counting the other day. There's a point made on there that I hadn't thought about before, and I think it was uh, Nicky who said it, that some of the players might not know how they are going to react until the action actually starts and they start playing. Um, and when I first saw the Memorial match, I was a little bit sort of thinking, oh, is that the right thing to do? I don't know, yes or no. But then after hearing that, I was thinking, actually, do you know what? It's, it's probably spot on because... It, it could come a point, and as soon as that puck drops, you don't know how those players are going to react and how they're going to feel. So maybe that is the best way to uh, to get them back in, in into playing is to have uh, what is in effect. Uh, I don't want to say a meaningless game, as in the fact because obviously it's a memorial match, and I, I'm not meaning from that side of things, but the, the result doesn't particularly matter uh, at the end of it, and that's perhaps what they need to sort of get themselves back into the groove of playing. Um, so I hope it all goes well. And like I say, it's a sellout, which is amazing. And uh, I, hope, I hope they get from it what they need uh, from that game. Um, as for the comments made from Mr. Sims um, regarding the decision to, to withdraw, I think we all know there's going to be a financial hit that, that clubs would have taken from not playing and no more so than the, the, the sort of or Nottingham and Sheffield themselves. What he said, in essence, isn't wrong. It's just sort of the way that he went about it, I think, was more to the point. Um, not everything has to be a fight. It's not always an us and them. There's, you know, there's, there's a way that it could have been explained and sort of put across that wouldn't have resulted in the fall that it did. Um, and I just think perhaps he could make... Not that I, I think he's a guy who does learn very well from things, but uh, he could learn from that and sort of say, you know, there, there's a way to do these things. And if, and if he does it right, the, you know, the fallout doesn't happen. 
so to add a bit of context in terms of what he responded to, so a fan was questioning why you can't um, exchange the Halloween jerseys. So the jerseys that were sold replica that was worn on on, on the fateful night um, that fans don't want to ever see again, and asked the question of you know why can't we just you know replace it? And that's when um, Dave Sims said you know we've lost X amount of pounds from that game. You want to sort of swallow put a cost base of that. Um, my my take, it felt like I don't know what you guys thought. It felt like he just got the news about Nottingham. So it's reactionary. It's that siege mentality that, for whatever reason, we kind of fall to in Sheffield. And I don't get it. You know, easily, you could get everybody on the same hymn sheet. But there's a siege mentality. When it's us against the world, that world also includes half of Sheffield. It's not us all of Sheffield. For whatever reason, we just don't want to do that. And it just felt like he got the news. He's pissed off as a member of the backroom staff. And he's seen that response. Bang. Shoot from the hip. The, the detail, what he was saying, and I don't know if the figures are correct, but the detail, what he was saying, was that he's actually correct. And it's a fair assessment. Again, both you know, Usa Greg and, and Scott alluded to, it's delivery. It's the one thing that he falls short on. And as again, and you know, you know any, any of his fans uh, can critique uh, what we say online uh, after we publish this episode, but if he just either says nothing or just says there's elements that you can just say, I mean, in fairness, not as much as Nottingham, but there's a bit of credit Sheffield to go, you know, we can't do this for, because of, and, and give a little detail. There's actually credit to go, you know, what they've handled or how they've handled the element that Sheffield has to look after. There's a bit of credit where you go, you're not giving us all the detail. Fair enough. You, there's obviously things happening behind the scenes on other stuff. That's not the priority. Just, just walk away. You know, let someone else respond. Let the club, you know, say, look, email us, blah, 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 do it that way. It's this, again, ever so, we need to respond. We need to respond. We need to siege mentality. And it's, you know, when you've had the reaction to how everything's happened, and it has been, you know, been in one respect, going, been good, and everyone's kind of, kind of been on the same hymn sheet. And then you just have this moment where it's back to normal. And you just go, what's the point? And that element is, is, is sad. And it will, I think it's kind of put a mark on where people go, how everything's panned out. People remember that when actually, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's nothing worth remembering. There's no way he's just found out. That's, he knows because everything gets sanctioned through the league. They would have had a discussion throughout. That's him festering on that information and, yeah. and, and then reacting. Um, so he certainly reacted into the news. Yeah, no, he certainly reacted into the news. Yeah, but he knew that there was no, there's not been, would have been no secret. He probably mentioned it and discussed it with Manchester when they decided to pull out a Challenge Cup, and Manchester keeps their legs moving, doesn't it? And it, 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 it looks good on them. I'm not saying that's why Manchester are doing it, but they were going to play them anyway. It's just, it's just a. He wouldn't have deleted it if he didn't think he he was right in saying it. Listen, I, I get the British ice hockey. It's heavily reliant on income, and it's it's not a lot, you know, and not an insignificant amount of money that is cost them, according to his words. But what price do you put on a life? You'd be saying that a life is worth less than a hundred grand. 
uh, how bad would it look if, say, a Nottingham official had come out and said along the lines of, oh, because of in, you know what happened in, in Sheffield, we've lost a player's life. Or that incident has cost us X amount of money. It, it wouldn't fly. It wouldn't fly at all. Um, so to actually come out and... I know it wasn't a, a, a direct tweet as such. It was a reply, but it's still going to be seen by everyone in the league. We're all aware of what is said and we have to be accountable for what we say. And it just came across in terms of the timing. It's still very recent events. You're talking less than a fortnight after it happened. Money shouldn't even come into the question in, in events like this. It should even, you know, even if you're thinking it, even if you know it's going to hurt you, money should not get mentioned because it just comes across as being, well, there's a price to put, you know, you're putting on that and, there's a lot more loss than financial loss that's occurred to a lot of people. And I think that maybe sometimes, again, just think about what you're saying, think of what you're doing. And it's become a bit of a habit now, isn't it, with certain people in Sheffield saying things very quickly and then deleting them because they know it's wrong. So if you know it's wrong, why have you pressed send? Yeah, you couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it, hope, like I say, hopefully lessons will be learned from it. And they, you know, going forward, this thing won't happen. Um, but we can just time will tell. We shall wait and see. But uh, hopefully, say things will improve on that side of things. Indeed, it will. Um, time will tell. And I hope next Saturday's game in Nottingham it goes well. And I hope that obviously there'll be a lot more emotion there than Sheffield. But I hope the same thing, the same get out from the home fans will get that next Saturday and they get the love to the, to the team and, and they get them back on their feet and the best foot forward um, that we all want to see Nottingham even though it's kind of we don't want them to, to win stuff we want to see them on the best foot forward and uh, and get back to, to being a, a, a part of the league that's active and, and all that jazz so I have nothing else on the agenda any other business um, John uh, it's only a little quickie, really. And obviously, we obviously did our podcast, and we knew how hard that was. And uh, and like I said I was the one that probably was the most scared to do it. Um, I just want to say well done to a few of the pods I listened to this week. They obviously would have been in a similar position to ourselves. Uh, Four thousand obviously did a one, literally within a few days of, of it happening. And Nikki, to be fair, came across very well. The Belfast boys, I'll give them some credit. I've slagged off the team all night. To be fair. The Viva Bridge Boys, they did an incredible job of their podcast. Very respectful. Again, not easy thing to do. And the other Belfast Boys, Door 14, listened to their pod as well. All three, absolutely fantastic. All pitched it well in terms of it was a lot of emotion involved, a lot of compassion and a lot of honesty and a lot of sincerity. And I want to just say thanks you know, to the guys for listening, you know, making a pod that was a, a good listen and, and then it had me sort of again sort of come to terms a little bit with what happened because everyone's still hurting and everyone's still kind of got their own emotions and I thought all three parts did a great job and uh, just want to say well done boys you did yourselves proud no here here there's been uh, I, I've not heard the 4000 and the door 14 I, I had heard the view for the bridge and, um, and Paddy absolutely nailed it, 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 it with everything in terms of you know the, the respect shown to Adam Johnson and the uh, the desire to remember, respect, reflect, and move forward. And I think there hasn't been, as much as I've not heard the other two, 
everyone who's listened to him, I know you have just said, but everyone, the reports have been how well handled, how well pitched. I think there's been a number of other pods that have just done it right. They've got it right. And yeah, let's tip his cap to them all. You know, it's a subject that's not easy to talk about, whether you were there in person or you watched on a webcast or you've heard about it. And I think a lot of them have done such a fantastic job. So to all of them that have, have done this topic, you know, well done. It weren't the easiest ones. Um, and fair play to you all. Definitely. And it, listening to other people talk about it, it helps. It really does. It's like how people going to go deep, how people use religion and words and prayer. Hearing someone else talk about it works and heals and helps people in certain different ways. Um, my any other business is who left the camera running in Dundee? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> look, if we if we have our outtakes record, we probably get cancelled because you know you, you say oh, shit. Oh, we're fucked. Yeah, you yeah. say shit. You say stuff. It's <laughs> you're having a chat. Um, and that's just John cancelling us. Never mind. Just me, you <laughs> so the word on the street is Aaron Murphy <laughs> has said kind uh, of making changes. Charlie Combs is not skated. He might be skating in two weeks. The goalie's not very good and. Uh, it's coming from a coach who's managed to get a couple of wins in the last couple of weeks. So he's buzzing. Wow. Hey, okay. The camera can keep running. That happens. I sometimes don't, I press, don't press stop recording, but who has put that out? How has this got out? This is juicy. There's a mole. There's a mole. There's a mole. An EIHL mole. You have to upload stuff to the league. You have to film every game and put a stream in for the league to see. For me, it's let's quote Austin Powers, Molly, 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 <laughs> something going on there. And it, put, I mean, we love the Dundee boys, uh, they're going to be luckily, it is Dundee and it's against Clan. But we had uh, Connor and Lewis on the other week. There is no rivalry, there is now. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I, I, I was, I saw him in, in, in the chat, like, oh, have you seen the video? And I'm like, what, what the hell are you about? And then you watch it, and you're like, the fuck <laughs> but like like you said scott it's like so, so who's released this who's uploaded it because it's, it's like it's like a twitter video so someone's got the the video footage gone do you know what fuck this i'm leaving today so fuck you all i'm putting it on and it's like hey, it's juicer I, I i'm here for it there's uh, one angry coach in dundee tonight isn't there oh Are yeah writer <laughs> juicy unless of course he was only from clan who organized it all Conspiracy Ooh, theories. Oh, conspiracy theories. Oh, yes. It's an in-house job as a mole in, in the yeah. Yeah. Massive mole. <laughs> mole. <laughs> good. That's a good shout, that Scotty. To be fair, that would have otherwise uh, been swept under the carpet. It's too juicy to not let that one get brought to uh, to air. Maybe that's the name of the episode. Too juicy. Too juicy. <laughs> but um, Dave and Stephen did say. That Mark is very relaxed, and when you get to know him, that wasn't the side we've seen before. He was chilled. He was, he was doing a little cheeky laugh, laughs, loving himself. Tally just won sixteen, loving himself. Well, That's not a character, that, but no, just the, the way the way he was relaxed after a win. There was no, oh, we need to compete, we need to do this. It was like, I don't is know, he Russian as well? There. No, Arnie Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, it was Vladimir Lefebvre. <laughs> New nickname. Um, Vlad, oh, Vladdy. 
it's going to be an interesting conversation that the Aaron Murphy has with Matt Lefebvre next time. We're doing quite well. We've got Vladdy, we've got Pep. All these yeah. like new nicknames for these coaches in the league. We're two for eight now. Oh yeah, it's, it's like we we don't like nicknames for players and, and that, and now we're just creating them all. Um, yeah, bit of a contradiction there, isn't it? A little bit, but you know we'll live with that. Um, Craig, have you got anything you'd like to to bring to the uh, the episode? I don't know, but I think I'm uh, I think I'm uh, done. We've covered everything. I think I, uh, nothing more from me. Thanks. No worries. So that's it. Another episode done. Socials. Twitter, Instagram, at Free and Free Podcast UK. Facebook, Free and Free Podcast UK. Um, please share when you see the links. Uh, followers, we've had um, quite a bit of take. One that we don't mention, Spotify. Our uh, subscribers are up on the up. So you're obviously liking what we're doing. Um, thank you very much for sticking around. Greg, my favourite Torah. Thank you for giving me your time this evening. Um, wonderful contribution as per normal when you're on. Uh, thank you very much, mate. No problem whatsoever. Uh, always a pleasure, boys. Anytime. Give us a shout. Not a problem. Um, from one Tory to another Tory, apparently. The secret Tory, Scott and John. Um, gents, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm actually surrounded by Tories tonight. Aren't I? It's two secret Tories. Greg's an open Tory. Although, I want to commend Greg for backing me on my Belfast um, devilment, we say earlier. Um, he didn't throw me under a bus. He stood toe-to-toe with me by my side. So when people come after me, I got Greg to back me up as well. So that's my Greg. Solidarity, brother. Exactly. <laughs> Tappies. Tappy Mafia. Solidarity words not used by a Tory. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things, but to call me that. That's, Calm down, Steph. That's, uh, that's, that's fighting talk, guys. Um, let's close the gate. I called you worse than it's a day. <laughs> but this doesn't get people listening. <laughs> this right. is fucking mad. Okay, we can that bombshell. We will close this gate rapidly. And that's <laughs> it for another episode of the 3 on 3 podcast. <laughs>